GT Channel with Samitani, James McKeon, and Taro Koki. Oh, hello, hello. Hi, everybody. We are back here for Podspeed 19. Um, and it looks like we're getting more and more uh, viewers every week. So uh, that's really good news. Um, well, uh, I don't know how the uh, videos are set up, but uh, to my left on my video is Taro Koki, who is the uh, president of GT Channel and producer of this wonderful podcast, Livecast. Hello, hello. Um, below him, or on my video, is uh, James McKeown. He is of, uh, the host of No Breaking and um, just kicking it in his bedroom during this uh, quarantine. Um, have you gotten out of the bedroom at all? James. Only to the bathroom, Sam, and then sometimes the kitchen, but very rarely anywhere else. If I am, it's in one of my loaner vehicles that I've been spending time in just to make sure to give some very uh, valid and enjoyable uh, content for GT Channel there at the No Breaking website. And you have been busy uh, evaluating cars for GT Channel, correct? And there has been a couple there. Yes, I'll talk about two more today that we'll get to later. And I've also got one upcoming for our next episode on the 4th and then one for I think the 18th, I think the next one after that is right. That's awesome. The That's one on awesome. the 18th is actually probably most relevant to our, our guest today. Who is our guest, Sam? Well, you're not going to be able to see his face because he's had some technical difficulties from his uh, offices. And, um, he's got a green face. Yeah, but I will uh, <laughs> but, uh, I will say he his office is in Plano, Texas, so you probably know where, what company he works for right now. But our guest today is Mo Durand. He is a... Uh, he is a not just a Japanese car enthusiast. He has worked in the industries for as long as almost as I have, as long as I can remember. And he has been um, with um, Mitsubishi, uh, Nissan, now Toyota, and now he Ford. Is the Ford too. Ford. Ford oh, too. I forgot Ford. Okay. Ford. That's right. Ford. <laughs> so yeah, and, I'm and, I'm pretty much the, the the town pump of PR. Oh so, my yeah, goodness! I'm, I've been all over. Wait a minute, and that's when, uh, wasn't that during when Ford was uh, uh, owned Mazda, or was that just off? That was, I, wor I worked for Ford uh, under John Kleinerd, I think from about 2003 to, if I remember, about 2006, and that was with PAG, and they had that's their right. hands in Mazda. Yeah, so, it was so Jack, you're indirectly. Jack Nasser yeah. left something. Nasser, yeah. yeah, I remember Nasser, yeah, I remember John Kleinerd. I was, I was, I was, he was a I great was, guy, I love yeah, John Kleinerd. Yeah. So, lovely human being great guy. yeah great guy. so anyway so well thank you so, for yeah so mazda too so uh and mo also has a, a distinct collection of uh, automobiles where he keeps seems like all over the country i'm not sure exactly where some of those things are but uh i want to i want to hear about those yeah, yeah about his well, we're going to hear about everything yeah, we'll, so we so, can uh, preface it by saying i Pretty much collect cars, bikes, and stray animals. Uh, that's about it. Uh, zero fashion sense, no real family, and other than that, a very unbalanced life, having been in the industry for about 20 years. But it's been a hoot. So wait, no, no, no real life, no fashion sense. Is that why you chose not to be on camera today? Ah, there's the reason. <laughs> yes, you guys, that's it. You guys, you guys don't even want to see what I'm what I'm wearing. It's. Uh, I'm here in uh, Plano, Texas. I have been a, uh, now day four without working air conditioning, oh. uh, and it's, it's it's not pretty out here. So yeah, my air conditioning. Uh, we, we get we bet we get weather out here that's kind of like biblical, and so the last storm <laughs> for whatever reason the house flickered. Something happened to the air conditioning, and now I'm just walking around in a wet towel. So. Oh, oh, okay. Well, uh, we, we, I'm glad there's no visual of that. So, anyways. Um, 
So Mo, welcome to the show. And uh, I guess I just, my first question to you is going to be, um, uh, uh, how did you get into the industry? What was your first gig in the industry? Was it straight out of college? And did you always, were you always a car enthusiast? Uh, well, I was, I've always been, I would say as much as I can remember, I had a brother that was a musician and he, we have a great relationship. We ever have never really fought. And I think part of the reason was, is it was like a conscious decision that he was going to be in music and he was like little man getting to something else. Uh, so we don't end up being competitive. And it was, I, I want to say that was a conscious deal, but I wasn't that crazy into uh, staying up night and, and playing next to the radio. So I would, uh, I would read magazines. I would read magazines voraciously, uh, car and drivers, uh, motor trends, the early ones, and then more of the pointed enthusiast magazines for the different sex. So, and that was probably when I was like nine, 10. And then it, and then it turned into box of magazines and still kind of a magazine hoarder, but I, I, I did like publications and kind of how they brought them, brought them to life. So that was probably how it started as a genesis in the childhood. And then the thing that messed me up shortly after that was getting into scale models and radio control cars, which almost made real cars seem more accessible because now you knew how the things worked, especially for those, especially the Japanese models. So there's kind of a connection between Japanese radio control cars and affinity for that. And then later older Japanese cars. And then, uh, Industry-wise, I, I, I got out of college, bummed around, uh, believe it or not, sold annuities, sold women's shoes, sold Foot Locker. <laughs> like, it was tough coming out of college. And then uh, had a few jobs that uh, leveraged part sales for bottle inspection equipment and then found myself into an export freight forwarder gig that was doing automotive parts. And because I kind of knew my way around a car that was – that gave me some facility for that. And then uh, from then on, actually got into it. I worked with a guy you might know, John Wong, Johnny Wong, who was at Super Street forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. Johnny Wong and I worked at the same exports, uh, interna it's called Exports International, it was Gardena. <laughs> oh, wow. We worked at the same joint. And I was, I was there when uh, Johnny Wong turned 21 and just it was the worst day of work he, I've ever seen a human being endure. Whoever his friends were, they took him out to the woodshed, and the guy was just green. And uh, I think I think his departure story was amazing to me because he'd gotten while we were working there through some connections he had because Johnny was involved in the car scene. He got a job through Matt Pearson at Super Street, mm -hmm. and then of course later on I kept in touch with Johnny, and uh, then. Uh, that, that day he turned green, I think might've been his last day of work. I think he just took off at lunch and never came back. But um, he's the guy that connected me with Super Street. And that's how I got into the magazine side through, through Johnny Wong. So in, in a way, this is all his fault. Hey, so you were at Super Street for how long? Uh, I'm getting my, maybe like uh, 99 to 2000. It was, about, it was a couple of years. Uh, I was there during the Rich Chang era, pre-Nadari. Oh, you right before John, John Nadari. Nadari. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So what was your what was so your Matt, title Matt, and your uh, and your role there? I don't know. I was I was actually <laughs> all I remember my time there. I was I think it was like technical editor, but probably I think from a personal level, like at least at least the chief pervert. It was always Johnny and I kind of vying for that. So well, everyone we were trying to we were perverts, we, man. Yeah. So no. So it's it's no small feat. Uh, it's no. You really have to bring your deviant game together actually to to kind of represent there. It was a tough crowd, tough young crowd, but 
Uh, Matt Pearson built a really nice product there. Matt at the time had just moved on to Honda uh, to get a grown-up job where he had to wear pants. And then uh, it was Rich Chang. Uh, and, uh, and then shortly you know, after that, did that for a few years. And that really was actually, in hindsight, a nice time. A lot of those guys went on to other things. And, and uh, certainly after that, I, uh, I went to go work. Once I start, I wanted to take my turn at adulting and wearing pants, I went to go work for an agency that worked for Mitsubishi. And that's kind of how it started. So that probably been 2001. Okay. So you were at Mitsubishi during the heyday. Uh, their Paris to Dakar days, their Mitsubishi Evo, yeah. the Eclipse. I mean, um, Tell me some about the, some of the memorable cars and memorable events. Maybe you were uh, uh, while you were at Mitsubishi because you were at Mitsubishi for how many years? Uh, I was actually Mitsubishi twice. That time I was there for three years. Then Is that the first time? I went to four. Yeah, the first time. The first time around, I was there for three years. So I can talk about that. That was fun because the on on paper the brand was doing great. They were selling a ton of cars. Zero zero zero. And of course, once once the paper oh, the came, zero, 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 final product of Mitsubishi is very indicative of the culture. You know, a lot of brainiacs and aerospace guys and crazy ideas. I, I, I would say as much as they tried a Toyota could never build a, uh, an Evo. And as much as Toyota would try, uh, they could probably never, you know, build a, a, a really bad Diamante. So there's, there's something to be said for both of what the culture can do. Uh, so wait, wait what do you likewise, say the Mitsubishi culture was then? The Mitsubishi culture at that time was a, it was a challenger brand. Remember, they were a larger brand name in, in Japan, and uh, they were dealing with various suppliers that were Mitsubishi companies trying to produce an end product that was a Mitsubishi finished good. So they would leverage, I mean, those, they had guys doing rockets and airplanes and all kinds of oh, stuff yeah, like Mitsubishi that. Not that that many into everything and heavy industry and not that that was mitsubishi automotive right but there were clearly heavy. parts of that that per permeated the culture they were very much into technology levering technology there's some things that you look back and like how how the hell did 3000 gt vr4 ever happen admittedly it was heavy as hell but there's more gizmos bells whistles that was a car uh, ahead of its time man i love that car it, it was, it was, and that was from a little, a little upstart company, it, and it really had that sort of challenger brand spirit to it. Uh, like, likewise, something that they would do, uh, you know, they're they had a tremendous amount of success, as you know, in Paris to Dakar and their off-road program, uh, and those are frankly some amazing Pajeros. I say I've seen some articles on them, and I remember them. If if anyone can lay their hands on a Pajero Evolution. Uh, from the 97 era, that is a that is a ready-to-go race truck that maybe, I don't know if the world has really seen that yet. I know Raptors and stuff get a lot of hype, and that's a great truck, but this thing was way ahead of its time. It's funny. If, if you, you know, ever get a chance... Go ahead. Go, I'm sorry, Mo. Go ahead. Uh, I'll let you finish. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to check out a, a Page Evo, as we call it, uh, certainly a, a completely unheralded uh not really known of vehicle but a, a, amazing if you consider what the company was against at the time 
This is also a company that brought out gasoline direct injection way ahead of a lot of other people. So there was, a, there was sort of a commitment to, to innovate at Mitsubishi, whether it necessarily worked as good as it should have or not, if you follow me. So yeah. That was part but, of uh, it's funny, your, um, uh, your, your, you know, your, uh, your Spanish heritage or your South American heritage comes out because I think you're Peruvian uh, by, you know, by blood. And uh, in Japan, yeah. we call that the Pajero, but you were calling it the Pajero. And obviously, if you know Spanish, you know that's a dirty word in Spanish, too. So that's why in the North America. I wouldn't know. I don't know dirty words in English. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't know that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's a good one. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty much the equivalent of saying wanker. Oh really? I didn't know so, that. Okay. Did you not know yeah. that, Sam? Yeah. I did. Uh, I did uh, not know that. I did not know that. Pajero. That's uh, that's why it's called Shogun in the UK. Oh, is that right, James? Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, wasn't it a, uh, so, yeah, a Montero when it first came out in the yeah, US? It's Montero too? in the US. Yeah, yeah, they didn't call it. The yeah, Montero in the Montero in the US. So that you know, great, great, uh, great sort of name checking. But no, Mitsubishi was a was a really interesting company. Uh, uh, lots of uh, lots of great ideas. Uh, lots of energy. Um, yeah, I know. I look I look back fondly at that time, actually. So now we're on the, the subject of Mitsubishi's. Then uh, let's go to James first. James, uh, give me your favorite Mitsubishi vehicle ever. Ooh, my favorite you Mitsubishi. You could give me two. You could give me two if there's, or three if there's, uh, you know, but no more than three. But if you're, uh, if if you know, if there's some that are right on the edge. But uh, well, I, I do have to say I, I like the the Evo Nine because it had the lovely Recaro seats. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. A, a a very good one. But I do really like the um, styling of the number three, the Evo Three. I think was my my favorite looking one. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to the Evo. Um, and then what is the uh, FTV, I think, is the unheralded one that doesn't get enough press. And I like the best, uh, the two-door uh, two small coupe that they did. In oh, the, wait, wait. Uh, no, uh, what was that called? It was called the uh, FTV. Was it wasn't V? It v yeah. But for us, it was, uh, or for Germany, FTO. It, it, was, FT it was actually yeah. the FTO. Sorry, the FTO. FTO. Yeah, that's FTO. right, I was getting it wrong. The FTO, yeah, that was FTO. my one that I liked. Oh, that's a really pretty car. It's so small. I wish they would have... Uh, 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 sold it here. So, Tara, yes. what uh, what about you? Um, I've, I've got a couple, I guess. Um, I used to own a, a Pajero um, in Japan. J in J Top, it was called a Pajero J Top. It's a short body one with a convertible back end. <laughs> really short body. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that it, really small, the two door one, right? It looked like a. It looked like one of those Japanese Chorokus, you know, because yeah. it's like a yeah. Pajero Chorokyu. smashed. Hey, hey, like hey, a, hey, Taro, if you have a, if you could, uh, if you find a picture of it, you could throw it up on, uh, on your screen. I'm not even going to try to do that, Sam. We got this wire, <laughs> we got this wire cast thing working. Oh, really? I'm not, oh, I'm not touching might, my computer. It might, it might screw everything. Oh. <laughs> James can do it if he wants to, but I'm not, I'm not touching well, James, uh, you can put up the FTO. <laughs> yeah, everyone, that is a really pretty car. Yeah, so uh, I've got, so yeah, so the Pajero is, is you know, I like it. You know, there's I have a, have a soft spot for it. Um, what else? Um, Evo? Yeah, Evo, no, Evo 9? Yeah, Evo 9. I mean, there I like Evo is. 2 as well. That. that is a pretty car, even now, like the white one down there. It's 
Oh, there's the uh, Evo, Evo 9 Evo as well. Evo 9, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Evo 9 might be my favorite. Really? I would have to yeah. go with a 3000 GT, believe it or not, because we had one at Road and Track for a year. We had a uh, long-term one. And uh, yeah, I drove a lot uh, and it was just fantastic. And as Mo said, it was heavier than crap. And it was, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like this Mitsubishi, has no business building this car, but man, it was fun. And it was called the GTO in, uh, mm -hmm. in Japan. Japan. Yeah, but they, you know, they couldn't call it here because the Ferrari and those guys had that thing. So, okay, so now Mo, I was uh, saving best for last for someone who worked at Mitsubishi, which car would you... Uh, would you would you want in your in your twenty car garage from Mitsubishi? Uh, boy, that's that's a tall order. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of weirder ones. There's uh, the Galant VR4 that we got in the United States, but in Japan, and it's called the ST generation. The Galant that came after that one was available uh, with Evo style gear and a two point five liter V six turbo. Was in this Japan, the one, was probably this the one that, that. Was this the WRC car before the uh, Evo? No, no. This, oh, okay. is, this was this was this was a weirder, bigger car. It's almost it would almost okay, be okay. like the, the 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 car that would have preceded the Mazda Six in size. Uh, the Mazda Six speed. You, you, you would pick size. this over but, an Evo or a three thousand GT or a Pajero Evo? Are you kidding me? It's a great sleeper yeah. car to go in, Sam. Hey, I'm telling you, Mo yeah. has the most eclectic taste in cars. <laughs> so, so a bunch, this of, is most... bunch of junk. I said, you want, you want, you want, you want, to, you want to live different cars. Yeah, I know. I, I like, I like the different cars. And yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I love Evo. Was it was actually one of the nicer points of PR career to launch Evo. I don't recall, Sam, if you were on the maybe semi-legendary Thailand launch trip for the U.S. media. Were you on that trip? Which trip? For the launch of when, when Evo came to the United States. Uh, I remember Dick Kelly at the time, who was the PR director in Mitsubishi, that we, they did the launch of that car in Pattaya. Uh, oh, Thailand. yeah. I went to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. That was a great trip. <laughs> yeah, you trip. were there. I was there. Asami I remember. and everyone. Yeah, that was an awesome trip. Yeah. So, so, oh, yeah, June Asami. So, so much, yeah. so much of that trip that we, we can't share with, with, uh, with the people listening. But it was an amazing trip in the proper I, I, way. I don't know what you're talking about. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, was, but, yeah, that was, was a fun trip. Was there, was a, uh, there was a small racetrack on Pattaya over there, which I couldn't believe. It was I a go-kart. It was a go-kart. Go go yeah, I remember small. Yeah. We 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 drove the tires off of that for like in like ninety degree heat for like a whole day. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know what? One thing yes. I, I I remember about that trip is every meal we had was something like, you know, spaghetti or you know like sandwiches. I'm going, dude, uh, we're in Thailand. Do you guys, are you guys planning to serve in Thai food? They go, no, we we don't think you guys would like it. I go, oh my god, what are they? You know, no, we we did we we did that one time. We had to go remember to a cafeteria they, with a. So. No, they, we stopped at some roadside place. That yes, our yes, found because I forced you, I forced everyone to. So, anyways, always yeah, Samatani, yeah. always yeah. Samatani, forcing exactly. everyone to do something. <laughs> so, so, so many years, and and to put this in perspective, this was December of two thousand two. Oh, yeah. So, I, so I have hot. I have Sam, I have Sam to thank for that hemorrhoid that that meal gave me. So, thank you, Sam. That was a rare, a rare privilege. But yeah, that was. That was an amazingly spicy meal, as I recall. Amazing. So, oh, okay. no, good, good time. Good, good trip. It was a really good trip. Okay. I think we lost Taro's um, um, audio, huh, Taro? 
Yeah, you guys can hear me, but apparently the uh, audience can't hear me. Okay. Do you have so, a do you, do you have a notebook and sign that you could put up? <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. Just just go ahead. I'll I'll oh, just I'll okay. just I'll well, just. Uh, all right. So Mo, we're recording um, it. So we're recording it. Oh, so we can, uh, yeah. Off to going to uh, after your Mitsubishi, we had a uh, slight uh, stint at Ford, a very short one. Yeah. Well, what and what did yeah, you, that was, What did you do there? Uh, I worked for John Kleinert in the Western region. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. What, uh, what cars did you were, were you uh, associated with there? Oh, I mean, dude, the two big, two biggest ones that come to mind. There was a bunch that I frankly don't want to remember, like maybe Freestyle and uh, the sedan related to Freestyle. Okay. Uh, but the the two that the two that stick out, uh, man, that, that Ford GT uh, in that Super Bowl ad, and then we had a Ford GT in town. And we would just book people in hour after hour. And then that was also the relaunch of SN197 Mustang. So that was huge. I've actually never seen a launch quite, I mean, nothing I've seen is still as big of, of a, uh, as a, a launch of a Mustang. I mean, maybe not even Camry, but to be honest, you, man, as far as what you, what you do in the media. But if you were there during the launch of the Ford GT, what a time to be there, huh? I mean, geez, that is, you know. Well, yeah, it was, uh, it was an amazing Mo, remember when we took the Ford GT to Willow Springs? Yes. <laughs> my my so virtual background. Was, <laughs> yes, yes. That that thing is a that thing was a hoot. And I, I will say of all the of all the press cars that I've ever handled or dealt with, I have never seen a car beaten so mercilessly, <laughs> brutalized by media, and not miss a beat. Like oh, that thing just needed tire. The thing was that thing is so it's overbuilt so the engine so under stress yeah. yeah those are and who knew it's so crazy because they had trouble you know with selling the last few and uh the program you know depending on who you talk to from the sense of internal politics might have been something that that uh you know uh spelled the fate for svt and things like that there was a lot going on with svt but certainly i think it's a uh, impressive that chris theodore and john coletti put that car together and how it's standing the test of time and just uh it just gets more and more special that particular car so you're telling me once you uh, you guys launched the ford gt and that mustang you said okay i think i peaked at ford and i'm out of here is that pretty much it <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't think I peaked. That was actually a tough spot because that was a really good gang of people. That was, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't sure I want to leave. What it came down to was like, okay, here's this idea of regional managership, and then at Nissan, I got the opportunity to succeed another really great uh, automotive PR guy, Dean Case, uh, who was working for Tim Gallagher, and then working right. for Tim Gallagher was, was, was. Uh, challenging, but I always called Tim like the, the the big brain. He was able to sort of think and do strategy and do messaging. Dude, there's still stuff I pulled from the Tim Gallagher playbook this many years later. Yeah, so I, think I'm, that I was still a keep brief... in touch with that guy, so he's uh, yeah. he's still yeah. the same. He hasn't changed a bit. So yeah, he's he's kind he's kind of he's kind of uh, you know can can be fiery, can be passionate, can be angry, but very 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 intelligent, good good uh, a oh, good yeah. head on him. Oh so, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he, he, uh, he was your predecessor at Mitsubishi. You know, he was at Mitsubishi before he was at yeah. Nissan. He, he was Mitsubishi. He set that, he set that, yeah, he set that shop up back when he was at Ruder Finn, their first yeah. agency, like eons ago. I remember right. going through, through closets and finding ancient Tim Gallagher authored uh, press kits back when they were in binders. It was, it was amazing. 
So um, then, you, then you, uh, you was it back? It was back to Mitsubishi, and then it was to Nissan, correct? Or was it, do I have it the other way around? No, no. I went to I went to Nissan from Ford. Oh, okay. Uh, Nissan to, to be to, 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 Nissan to be clear. Uh, one one of my favorite brands. I've been a Z car guy uh, forever and a day. I still have a five ten and a Z. Um, big fan of that brand. So it was kind of it felt really good to me to be there. Uh, just because it was, you know, something I'd already f always felt inside. But uh, Nissan decided to go to Tennessee, and I wasn't ready to leave California then. And mm -hmm. so I got uh, a, the call, a call uh, from uh, from Mitsubishi to, to Janice Little to see, hey, do you want to come back? And I jumped at it because I wanted to, you know, pretty much stay in California doing PR. And that was when, turns out, they were ramping up to launch the Evo 10. Yeah, which was a great car. Uh Totally reimagined yeah. uh, with uh, member Hiroshi Fuji, uh, Doctor yes. Evil. Yeah, so he was. I still keep yeah. in touch with him. He's in China now, uh, working on like engineering stuff. So, um, uh, oh really? And, yeah, he is. And then um, uh, after Mitsubishi, your um, uh, um, your your travels took you to yes. Toyota uh, Lexus, October where 20, you are now. Yeah, October 2011, I, uh, I I left Mitsubishi, and the, to be clear, Mitsubishi had some momentum with that that new Lancer body and a few a few yeah, other plans, and then not of course, really, not like, really. Mitsubishi was just they were they were not <laughs> they were kind of digging their own grave a little slowly and slowly slowly slowly. 2009 and, and what, what the Japanese call the Lehman shock is what dimmed the light. You would have needed the market to continue growing. And of course, it not only did it grow, not grow, it contracted like no one else could have imagined. Well, so, you know, I who mean, knows? They, killed, they killed all their fun cars and they, you know, they, they had to. Well, I they, mean, they had no, they had no yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, they, I, everyone said this about Mitsubishi in Japan too. I think me and Taro even said this. They're really, they're, they're, they're wonderful. They're great at building cars. They're just really bad at selling them, you know. So Terrible. Have no and, and, sense, you know. So. And nothing, nothing could be the polar opposite to that than say Toyota. Toyota yeah. is, well, they do build good cars too, but yeah. But they, no, no, the market, the mar the marketing is definitely there. Yeah, sort well, of the marketing well, Toyota knows how. To, yeah, stuff. Toyota knows how to sell cars. So, so um, so that, that's so, yeah. So you got you, in a in a way you went from one end of the spectrum to the other, right? <laughs> kind totally. Of. And uh, yeah. and did you did you when you got to Toyota did you find yourself in this amazing um, um, corporate paradise? where everything functioned like clockwork, you know, they're the biggest country, uh, biggest company in the world, you know? Um, uh, uh, short, short answer is no. Okay, uh, but, we, but, but you know what, let's just keep it with the short answer because I don't want you, I want Akio calling you on the phone going, I heard that podcast and... Uh, <laughs> because Akio is one of our biggest listeners and biggest followers. He is followers. one of our biggest listeners. <laughs> I mean, he sends, us, he sends him, me emails his, constantly about things I need to talk about. And doesn't, bring he call, do, doesn't he call you Jimmy? I mean, He does. He calls <laughs> Yeah. Jimmy M, Jimmy M, Akio here. The, the, That's right. So no, I got I got indoctrinated in the Toyota way, and it's a very successful company. And that's kind of when you talk about cultures. Toyota is the ultimate and been most successful with a focus on process, and sort of the process for them is the sort of the goose that laid the golden egg. Uh, a genius manufacturing engineering culture genius at it maybe maybe still the best at it in many ways so it was it was different versus manufacturing engineering 
versus sort of the the purely risky, you know, interesting engineering at Mitsubishi. They 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 couldn't be more different. Probably maybe Honda's someplace in the in the middle, uh, you know, right. between balancing both both because it's still brilliant engineering. Maybe this now the most brilliant engineering company with you know some of a, a great deal of the manufacturing chops Toyota has. But you know, Toyota's Toyota's a beast still. Oh, I mean, it is. They're a beast. really really. They're a really impressive company, and I think culturally, it took me a few years just to find my way there. So I, I came in, I was doing, you know, the Toyota and Toyota PR, and really sort of having to learn a lot of the way that they do things over there, uh, which was different. And then 2014 moved over to Lexus, uh, did Lexus USA PR, and now do uh, Lexus PR globally, uh, and it's been it's awesome. been a hell of a ride. Very very interesting company. Wow, you have had quite the career already in your. Still, like, I think you're in your 40s still, aren't you? I'm 47, yeah. yeah. Oh, get, oh, we're kind of getting getting to the end of that. Get, get, Anyways. You're getting uh, to the end of that, yeah. I'm not deep in my 40s. All right, so Mo, <laughs> go ahead and put on your um, uh, corporate cap now. So I'm going to open it up to Taro and James, too. But I'd like to just ask you some questions about the, um, uh, you know, just Lexus and the industry. And, uh, and yeah, you know, sure. it, whatever you can't, whatever you can't share with us, you know, you. Uh, I was I was waiting you know. for Mo to start talking about the Cabo trip that we that we did. At, uh, wow, we're not going to raise that. Our, no gonna, gonna, oh, that was another one. I forgot died about Cabo. Dude, if there's ever if there was ever a vehicle that needed Cabo, it was Outlander Sport. Oh, I didn't go to that <laughs> yeah. one just because it was the Outlander Sport, probably. So. Dude, it. it, 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 it it had like it had like a caravan down there as well. We like we like drove down with with Roger and I. Oh, that was a hoot. Yeah, so that anyways, was, that was a fun trip. I loved that trip so much. I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had an Outlander, not an Outlander Sport. I had, I had an Outlander yeah. GT. Yeah, yeah, we had we had Outlander yeah. GTs oh, down there too. Yeah, that's true. We did. That's actually that was a good little SUV this time. For sure. Oh, it's yeah. a great car. So, Mo, uh, where do you see yeah. the um, uh, where do you see our cars? You know, you, we're in the middle of this coronavirus, which probably put a lot of things on hold. I mean, factories were shut down. Yeah. And everything. Um, uh, do you are you guys getting back up to speed soon? Factories opening. Uh, slowly. Be I mean, I mean, factories are starting to move. Obviously, something that's going to be affected by that is demand. I said globally, you've seen China rebound the quickest. Uh, strangely enough for Lexus, if you look at it, China, I think may have posted one of their best, if not the best month ever coming out of coronavirus from time to time. I heard that last month, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I don't think it's the same globally. Everyone's sort of feeling this crisis globally. Uh, and I think the bigger picture, which no one can answer, no one has a crystal ball, is how, to what level will demand uh, reemerge? Because you've got the economy globally really affected uh, uh you know especially in the united states which is kind of one of the global economic engines a very very high rate of unemployment that's going to affect uh huge spending huge rate of unemployment so, we're talking you know yeah yeah so we're talking so, so, great so, depression so, levels yeah yeah so who who knows what happens with the the car industry i mean to be clear we have to we have to accept that at this point the car industry is certainly st still strong but a legacy industry uh, it's, it was dealing with changes in society even prior to coronavirus, uh, ride sharing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the emphasis on a car as a, as a, a rite of passage or reward is something that would kind of been changing or shifting with the newer generation of buyers. So there was a lot that's been, that was going on to be clear before coronavirus. And I think that might've accelerated things. I'm not even going to speculate of the, of the, 
you know, future of who, who's going to survive, who's going to contract, who's going to grow. I don't really see a tremendous amount of growth in the automotive industry. And I don't, I would, I would challenge the people that do, at least in the near term, certainly for the next 18 months. Uh, it's going to take a while for all of this to shake out. And I think we're all just kind of watching and, and waiting and hoping uh, like, like just about so many other industries in the, in the, in the world. Uh, you know, it's not like gaming or something else that's going to be able to benefit from this crisis. Uh, certainly, you know, I don't want to paint the, the, a, a picture of massive doom and gloom uh, for the automotive industry. We're, we're not the movie theater industry, uh, but certainly oh, oh, things, things were, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, think, things were ch- things were changing and shifting into a newer competitive landscape prior to this in terms of uh, sort of buyer uh, buyer incentive and and what drove consumers and the psychographic was changing, but this ex- certainly has accelerated things. I mean, I can't. I'm having a hard time accepting that. I, 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 at the tail end of this, or coming out of this, I'm going to be living in a world without curry house and uh, and soup plantation. Yeah. I go what? what oh, I heard about. Soup plantation. Curry House got it too. Oh, Curry House Curry, did before Curry the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was, but still, there's not going to be one. So, so anyways, uh, do, Mo, what kind of, which Lexus models are uh, selling uh, well for you guys? And uh, any uh, that, um, that might, yeah, what are you, we what, might yeah, see what are you that are gone, right you know, yeah. if you could say anything about them. Uh, well, I mean, I think you guys know that uh, GS will be going away. Uh, I think that was in, that was obviously in the news. Our our midsize sedan uh, demand for Lexus really has stemmed uh, hard on the crossovers. The SUVs uh, remains pretty high. It's going to be a Although crossover ES company, is, you know. I I think they're going to be a few luxury companies that are crossover companies, but yeah. that existed before Corona. To be clear, I mean demand, as you guys have seen, right? Shifted. GS was on the chopping block for a while. I heard too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and 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 was already stopped. Already stopped being sold in some of the other global markets. Right. ES, believe it or not, uh, remains strong. I think yeah. they kind of, found a, of the found a sweet a, a sweet spot with the last ES. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, de- definitely more crossover demand, more technology. Uh, you'll, you'll be seeing, you know, the brand's proliferation of uh, different drivetrains, uh, you know, beyond just hybrid and gasoline within the next few years. So there's some exciting things to look for. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, trying to see what that market's going to look at look like. I mean, if, if you're talking about, you know, um, other F cars, additional F cars, I mean, that's that all remains to be seen. Like uh, the LCF, you know, maybe. Um, no who knows? Comments. But uh, <laughs> <knows>? yeah, <laughs> but 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 I, I mean, you have to remember those are kind of driven as sort of brand elevating tools, and the and the meat and potatoes of the volume is going to remain crossovers for a while. Okay, all right. But what we we will see, we will continue to see uh, um, interesting and nice, exciting cars from Lexus. Yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna see one as future. soon as in like, I think June 9th, June 10th is going to be the 10th, global debut of. Yeah, yeah. Actually, June 9th in the United States, but uh, be the global debut of the next generation uh, sports sedan, the IS. Oh, the IS. Yeah, that's oh. going to be great. It has, is the IS a good seller? That's really been one of my, you know, a, a really favorite car of mine. I even like the new one. Uh, you know, once they got rid of the V6, uh, the small V, the 2.5 liter, I think. It, now they got, you know, it's the uh, 2.0 turbocharged. But it's a great car. Yeah. Is that doing well? I would hate to see that car, you know, go. 
No, I mean it's it's been it's it's doing strong enough that we're obviously going to renew it. So I think you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised with what you see and what's been done with it uh, when it debuts here at the beginning of June. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. And speaking of IS, you uh, you you uh, recently purchased an old uh, Aristo original IS uh, in the U.S. Didn't you? Oh, no, uh, Aristo is the uh, the GS. Oh, no, uh, not the original. Uh, wait, what was it called? In, uh, Alteza. 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 I'm getting all my, yeah, it starts with an A too. So yeah, the Alteza, I mean, um, great car because I remember it and I was one of the first to drive it because we, you know, we had one in road and track really early. It had the uh, chronograph um, sports gauge. It came in a manual transmission. Uh, I think it was a straight six, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. It was the it's the three liter, the two JZ uh, non non twin not twin turbo, turbo like the yeah. super motor, so but still, still it solid internal. Great car. Uh, yeah, you know, nice and car. I it they, they, they go they, they go really high mileage. Uh, they make great drivers if you can pick them up on used uh, markets. It's a pretty serviceable chassis. I mean, as mm-hmm. far as tuning and things like that. I mean, I, yeah, I. I I like that car a lot, obviously. Yeah. Hey, James, um, but, is there a yeah. shot of the uh, uh, chronograph uh, instrument cluster? That would be great. Because, you know, uh, they, yeah, I, I wish they continued that. A lot of people, there it is. A lot of people complained yeah. about this thing because they go, dude, it's hard to read. I, I, it's cool, man. You know, you don't see anything like it. But how many miles does it yours was, have? It was it? unique. Uh, many. I think it was like, it's like 124. Oh, that's low, uh, and, and, that's uh, low for a Toyota. That thing's got 300,000. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's now now it's got the drivetrain from a 2004 GTO in it, so a little oh, bit of a little really? bit of a of a Frankenstein yeah yeah a little bit of a Frankenstein project. And it's a manual, so, right? Yeah, yeah, still a man six speed manual, but the okay. uh, the original drivetrain was manual. So. so can you quickly go through uh, the cars you currently own? Oh, because I'm a hoarder. You're yes. gonna, you want to out me as a hoarder, okay? Yes, yes, yes. Hey, uh, I'd rather see people hoarding to, uh, um, um, cars than toilet paper. All right, so. Okay, in very in various states of of uh, disrepair, of, uh, completion, completion <laughs> okay. or disrepair. Here, right. here's what I have. I'll start with the the Porsches. So there's a 944 Turbo. That's Whoa. a 88 Turbo S. That's yeah, a great and, car. And a, nine, a 968. You have a 968 then, also? They're yeah, I do. Kind of the same uh, size, same, you know. One big difference. One's built by Audi. One's built by Porsche. Okay, one's that's a Zoop and okay, so, uh, Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, okay, okay. And, and, the, okay. and then that's where the differences stop because I will tell anyone that's looking at both, go for the 944 Turbo because of the parts and availability really? on 968. Brutal. Really? Brutal. <laughs> so, oh, my God. That's dude, surprising like, to hear because I would have picked the 968 all day over the – 944 hope you don't need a vario cam solenoid homes because that'll be like 2500 if you can find one <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's a drag uh, at least you have the 944 uh, then, not the 924 oh my god 924 was just, yeah yeah then okay I, then i got some old old japanese i have uh, a 510 which just got repainted porsche aga blue and then a 240Z, which is the car I've actually had the longest for like predates my super street days. Uh, and then I'm blanking out, obviously. Is have, it with uh, the flip up lights and all that? The S12 or something, was it? No, no. It's just, I actually have the, the, the really hard to find uh, JDM Nismo plexiglass covers with the steel ring, the chrome okay. ring uh, you, on, the, on the front. 
just just because you brought that up, Mo, I just got to say my my segment after uh, uh, your interview will be uh, um, uh, just kind of uh, reporting on the rumors that Nissan may be bringing the Sylvia back. So that would be 16. great. Love love the Sylvia. It would that be would the, be an S sixteen. But I'll, yeah. I'll give you all I know after the segment. So anyway, so that's my little trailer. So what do you what do you have, Mo? S thirteen. I have an S13, yeah. I have an S13, and uh, that's got had a bunch of stuff done to it. And I have one Honda left. That's a '91 uh, Civic SI. Uh, and then I get Holy to the cars God. I have here. Look at James I have Two, R I love, I love two James. RX7. I have one RX7 with an LS1 RX7 that's got a Borg Warner turbo on a, on a on a rotary. That's obviously going to die. So wait, which one? The F, uh, you have the uh... FD, FD, both both FD3s. And then uh, wow, one Mer Mercedes 500e, which you knew about. Oh yeah, and I then one car. one BMW uh, 1991 850v12 manual. Uh, don't get those. Uh, oh, don't wait, get those. You have an 850? Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. car. Don't get it. Why not? Yeah. Money pit. Um, <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it's it, it's it was like probably the one of the most expensive sports coupes on the market when it came out. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. And fixing it, same same category as nine six eight. And everyone will tell you that. Everyone told me I didn't listen. But uh, you're beautiful car. I mean, when you have it working, honestly, a, a fantastic GT. Even to this day, like yeah, that car is kind of mind blowing. And how well it works, and the and the manual is. It's that's the thing, man. The manual's great. I, I'm hoping they come uh, and, up with another car like this, even though they did have the i8. But you know, this thing is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, keep going. And then I still, I still oh, yeah, have the 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 E46 M3 competition, then Ooh, a 1992 a... JD, JDM MR2 Turbo. So I do have a Toyota. Ooh, there my you go. My only Toyota. Oh, no, wait, I have, hold on, I have another Toyota. 1976 Corolla, Corolla Celica Liftback. Which I just picked up, but I got. I found a the guy. One that looks like a fire. cockroach. Was that the one? No, the one that looks like a, like a Mach One. But a guy had oh, it. Oh, that one. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, yeah. With, the, with the you put a beams motor in that. That's kind of nice. So I I got suckered into that. Uh, and then I think <laughs> I'm onto the I'm onto the American stuff, which is a '69 GTO and a '67 Cougar. You have a '69 uh, GTO? Holy cow! Yeah. Man, I have a six-hand like the Peruvian Jay Leno. In, my God! It's, no, no, not even. Oh no, no, literally. I'm like, I'm like the, I'm like the Peruvian Chico and the Man. So it's like the, <laughs> oh, these are, the, the, no, these are better than Chico and the Man cars. So the the uh, the the, the, the GTO is getting. It's got a crate motor uh, that needs to go in it. And yeah, this is this is guys. This is what happens when you you, you don't have kids, you don't have family, and and uh, you you do this stuff too long. So use yeah, me as a I cautionary tale. Yeah, I think I, I I was gonna say yeah, this would be hard to do with a uh, a wife who uh, you know has has, <laughs> has a better sense of you know the reality. <laughs> where, do you, uh, where do you keep these cars? Good question. Where do you All keep these over. cars? All over the place. All over. There, yeah, there's there's storage for the ones I have here in Texas. Uh, mm -hmm. Here in Texas, I have the the RX7s, one of the Porsches, the Mercedes, and the <laughs> M3, and the R2. You, 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 you yeah. transported all those cars over there, huh? No, they kind of accumulated over here. Sam. Oh, I see. So, oh, okay. Tara, look outside your window. 
I'll bet you you'll see one of these cars <laughs> parked up. Yeah, they're know. kind of that's, all over. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it was to, to be clear. To be clear, it was an issue I wanted to address in spring of this year, but some stuff happened. So yeah, if, okay, if well, any, well, if anything cool. else, they can they can be. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, I have a formula though. I try not to spend when I buy them more than ten thousand. It's very, very rare. And then you try to have to have that forecast of can this thing appreciate the 15 or 20 within a five to seven year window? Because frankly, the number of enthusiast cars that are out there is diminishing. And then once the yeah. publications jump on something and they do jump on something, they're always looking for new cars to laud. And especially as manufacturers are building fewer and fewer, uh, let's just say interesting or enthusiast cars. Uh, some things that, you know, are, are poised to become classic. I think, I honestly think, you know, um, MR2, uh, SW20 is still attainable at a very good price starting to climb up because you're starting to see people interest peak by the driving experience that thing offered. Uh, that That's one of them. And who would have thought any of that old, uh, you know, Japanese nostalgic car scene stuff would have picked up. I remember when I used to have like four or five tens, I didn't pay more than 500 bucks for any of them. And now look at that. Really? Like, oh, dude, dude, this was like nine. This is like the late 1990s. They were they were all over the place. No one was crazy about them. Trust me. Well, look at the Supras. Yeah, they were like a hundred thousand dollars, you know, or whatever, like two hundred. Yeah, that's that, crazy. That's dude. crazy. And we've seen we'd seen it happen before. I think when we get through the rose colored glasses, if you've ever if you've ever like you know Hemi Cuda, which back in the day was you know, uh, this, this muscle car, but it has these skyrocketing values and, and certainly limited technology. Uh, there, we, we have proven as a society that Americans will pay for nostalgia. Yeah, Ben Shu, uh, we had as a guest on our last podcast, and I think he, he, he hit it on the head when he says, you know, the baby boomers, you know, drove all those muscle cars up, but now it's us the Met, or the Gen X people our cars of our youth were those Supras, those Zs, you know, uh, yeah. the Mitsubishi, mm -hmm. and those, you know, the, those are the cars that are the uh, uh, auctioning off for a lot of money. And um, what you see, any of these, uh, any any cars these days that could that could be a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar car in the next. Mm, what are we talking 30 years 40 years 40 years you'd have to talk like you'd have to talk like 20 to 30 years uh i think I there's 30, obviously years, yeah. anything with like a homologation pedigree you know oh with the race subaru STI, yeah evo yeah. any of those i mean that's kind of a no-brainer those, yeah, those are gonna knows? be they might go for a lot yeah yeah you know semi-convertible pajero might be a it certainly could honestly any any um, you know anything 911 but that's kind of a no-brainer i think okay. you're trying to find the ones that are, that are a little weirder like i would look at something like uh you know uh ft86 brz and wonder could that do it because that's built in sufficient volume mm -hmm. and, and and to that matter i only i only bring that car up because I don't think anybody saw, you know, 89 to 94, 240SX becoming what it became. They're not super expensive still, but they became so popular. Eventually, when there's so few and all that, you know? yeah, when, yeah. So, when there's so few left that aren't smashed to bits, it, it stands yeah. the reason that those are going to become somebody's nostalgia. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you, you, you know, the point is, you would look at something like the BRZ FTD 6 but that'll never do it. And it very well could. You have, you have no 
no way of no way of telling and and you know i think anything that is from the japanese supercar era which is you know mitsubishi rx the mitsubishi 3000 gt uh the rx7 the supra the right, 300 the zx uh, the, the, uh, and the, dude, the, the NSX blown up. Oh, NSX you can't, is getting you way up there. It's, it's getting out yeah, of my, yeah. it's out of my price range now, you know? So, so yeah, Mo, can it's, you, it's out of, a, oh, go ahead. It's out of a lot of people's price range. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, uh, you know, please don't answer this if it's going to get you in trouble, but we heard rumors of, um, uh, um, Toyota is, hey, there's the LFA. I love that car, uh, speaking out of price range, but, uh, along the lines of this, um, so far, it is the most expensive, most exotic premium um, sports car ever to come out of Japan, the LFA, the Lexus LFA. But we're hearing um, uh, from Japan, little my little birdies out there that are saying Toyota's working on a super, super car that's going to even surpass that car, the LFA in price, in prestige, in power, you know, um, but Again, those are rumors, um, but I, and I know you can't say yes or no because it hasn't come up with it. But um, would it be uh, wrong to say that uh, there's no way they're working on it, or is this something like you just don't know? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't answer that. I think okay, most that's of the nope. information. That, yeah, that's most, that's an answer most, in itself, yeah. Mo. Thank you very much. Yeah, most, <laughs> that's an answer most in of itself, the most of the information that comes out of Japan tends to come from publications uh, that My are really, are really good. At, yeah, so. yeah, and and Magazine X, we you know right. them, you know right. them well. well you know. You're each Japanese, and and so you know uh, you you know what their what their batting average is. Yeah. So. Well, uh, most of the PR people that I ask questions like that do go, Sam, you probably know better than me, so yeah, just go with the information you have. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. So. Yeah, so I, I will say that there's uh, the overall both Toyota, Lexus going forward, Lexus, we're, we're crafting, you know, sort of a, another cultural shift in terms of what we call Lexus driving signatures, something we're trying to develop, which is a unique signature uh, feeling for the car, meaning okay. dynamically a uniform style. Everyone especially within the Toyota Cosmos is trying to improve the drivability of the fun. The, kind of like what I BMW and Mercedes have done. Cause you really know what, yeah. you know, when you're driving those cars, you know what you're driving. So. Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of a, a sort of a tactile identity you would say, but something that connects with you. But I think Toyota, because of the way they've always been, you know, and now Lexus, I can speak to that side. You've always had this one reality where every chief engineer has the ultimate say on the car. And I think what we're looking at going forward, you instead of the chief engineer having the ultimate say, the culture is going to shift because you're going to build it to what maybe say, uh, you know, Koji Sato and Akio, uh, Toyota want to feel with the car. Right. So it's going to be a more uniform deal. And that over that, that doesn't sound like much, but, but over there, that's a big cultural shift because oh, chief yeah. engineers typically yeah. are, 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 go are gods and, in terms of the the, the, the finished product. So right. I think you'll see that get better. Changing, huh? with, yeah, well, culture is changing, but the thing is you, you, you have to know, uh, Akio is a huge, huge car nut. Oh yeah, so he he's, ultimately, well, he's a master he's, driver he's, as they, as they're- he's a, he, they're he, he is a master driver. He is, uh, you know, pretty much where, where, where we had Narusas on. This is sort of the yeah. spiritual successor to that. So he's mm -hmm. kind of picked pick that up and 
maybe taken upon himself to keep the enjoyment for driving going on to, within the Toyota. And, you know, Akio actually drives in the races, like 24-hour Nürburgring in those races. I, I you know, I yeah. wonder, there is no way a CEO of even a small, much smaller company than Toyota would be allowed to go racing in a real race where there could be serious bodily injury. I, I just, that just really blew, blows my mind to even think of that now. No, man, and, How can the chief he lays board his, he of lays Toyota let him get strapped into a race car? That's just crazy. It's pretty cool though. Uh, yeah, it's cool, but it's just something that you yeah. wonder, you wonder the wisdom of it. I mean, dude, what if, yeah. You know, well, I mean, what if, what if, what if, um, 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 Carlos Ghosn, I'm using Carlos Ghosn now because he's, you know, he's a very controversial he's, figure. He's disposable. He, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he pay, pays off something with someone when he's at Nissan to, you know, sideswipe to take a cue off the road. You know, I mean, geez, horrible. No, so, it's an, it's an I'm interesting a novelist, deal, so but I think that's why I'm thinking all these yeah. uh, crime yeah. angles. You, right, James? You, you, correct, Sam. You, you're correct. Right. You like the crime angle. I get that, but I think you also understand the, the within the culture of the respect and, frankly, the power and influence that he has that he can dictate this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess yeah. I guess that shows him yeah, the power he has there. So, okay, yeah. Mo. Hey, thanks for uh, a great hour. Uh, you were uh, very, very um, uh, informative. Uh, even the uh, questions you didn't answer to me, you answered. Um, I could. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, Taro and James, do you guys have anything for Mo? Um, Nothing from me, Mo. I think you gave it pretty clear there from Sam gave you the interrogation, so I don't want to lead on too much more than that. So I, I think that yeah. it's good for me. Once again, we'll just have to re reframe that as a no comment. Take it as you will. <laughs> I wish, and Mo, you can't see us, right? You're just on the phone, right? Yeah, I'm just on a phone. Oh, I wish you could see my glasses. I mean, these glasses, they're making fun of my Mr. glasses. Mr. Steven these Seagal nice. in front of us, Mark. They're not Steven Seagal glasses. Steven oh, Seagal eats your carrot. That's exactly what they are. Steven no, Seagal eats your carrot. I can't see without them, so, and I'm sitting way away from my monitor. Yeah, so, so once oh, this are is they, over, are they like the, are like the, are they gargoyles? Just, what are you wearing? Just, just no, Google Steven Seagal no, eating a carrot. Not. No, they don't. Google Steven like... Seagal eating a carrot is, and you'll uh, see the glasses. Yeah, let's, let's wow. just do the make it easy for everyone here to make it. Uh... Oh, no, James is going to put it up. Well, sorry you can't see this, Mo. But he you can when he looks at it on the, on the uh, oh, when he, he looks, revisits after the fact. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have to do this. Taro, do you have anything? I don't think you... You can't throw stones for fashion sense anymore, Sam. <laughs> I mean, look. <laughs> These are not even the close to being the same. They're, they're exactly, they exactly the same not, thing. No, I mean, John, exactly John Davis nice agrees with this on Facebook, and that's the important These thing. Are nice old <laughs> yeah, look at the carrot one. It's exactly, look, exactly it's how not it looks. Exactly. It is. <laughs> it's, that's him. That's okay. it. So, uh, Tara, do you get back to back to point here? Tara, you have anything to? That's, I mean, that's that's um, basically what we're looking at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, you oh, it's not even off. the same. It's exactly Those the same. Those are wire glasses. These it's are like exactly thick. the same. Okay. I can't think of anything that's more appropriate than this right now. So, uh, Tara, you got anything more? Um, back on point. Yeah. Well. Like, not, not really. Thank, um, thanks a lot, Mo. I mean, you're, it, it was really uh, cool speaking to you. Wish we could have seen your uh, face, soon. but yeah, Mo's, um, a, Mo's a basketball my, fan. He's a big kid. He's, what are you, about 6'3"? Six, uh, six, six if I stand up straight, which is rare. So, because, uh, you know, I work at a computer. But yeah, I love, I love basketball. As much, believe it or not, as much as I love cars, uh, I love my Lakers. 
So yeah, I wish we had a picture of you um, playing basketball or even doing judo. You know, that would have been that would have been painful. I'm I'm actually my my limbs are better now uh, since coming to Texas. I'm telling you that. You guys have bad bad limbs. That that uh, PRP therapy, the platelet rich injections, like Kobe used to get. Uh-huh. Those those are those are the business. They work. They work well. So yeah. Oh really? Forty seven and yeah, forty seven and pain three pain free. Uh, was having a lot of knee and elbow problems uh, that started you know before then and kept degenerating. So they let you heal. Well, me, Taro, and James, we have we have like little back knee everything problems. Little by little, yeah, it seems like but, we get turns. Yeah, pain, but so. Sam, you know what we do have though? We do have people on the Facebook stream telling us that they agree that you look like the spitting image of Steven Seagal <laughs> eating a carrot. That's all we no, see. No, you're lying. You're lying. I'm not. Lying. I'm not. No, if you go, no, if you, you go on lying. and look at our Facebook stream, <laughs> now you can see that. I mean, <laughs> that is one thing. I'm not going to read my, same read my right report now. without my glasses. I'm just I, saying, I Sam. It's all the people are seeing now. Is, oh, is Steven Seagal eating a carrot? You know, Steven Seagal speaks more right. Japanese. So, all right, Mo, we'll let yeah. you go. I know you got to get back to work. Um, uh, um, thank you, guys. Thank you for hoop. joining, and uh, Thanks, we Mo. will be in touch. Thanks, Mo. All right, Doc, take care. See you. Bye. Take care. Bye, bye. Okay, moving on. That was fun. Moving past the carrot, is that what you want to do, Sam? Is that all the plan is now? I don't even you, know what you're You can just about. keep the carrot up. <laughs> no, shut up, guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> like horrible. Okay, so my first car, I'm gonna, I, you know, I mean, it is funny. I mean, it, I, I, just because it's tinted, you guys think it's the same thing. And, uh, and you know, the, it's the same tint, too. It's the orange uh, tint. It looks you know, exactly well, the same. It is kind of a, you know. Sam, orange. Sam, you're digging a grave deeper for yourself now. Just move on, talk about the Sylvia. Let's get Sylvia into it. Sylvia okay, S16. Guys, here is the Sylvia. Uh, they say S16, but um, uh, what we hear is that, of course, we have heard, uh, I think, about five, six years ago that Nissan says, nope, no more Sylvia. It's done. It's dead. You know, uh, sports, it's, it's not profitable. Sports cars aren't profitable. You know, you, you guys, pretty much, we were lucky to just have the GTR and the Z. But then, you know, after, you know, around 2013, they started teasing us and uh, with uh, uh, the show cars, uh, the IDX. Do you guys remember that? And I, I do remember that, yes. There it is right there. That show car IDX, everyone thought was going to be the next um, Sylvia. And then what was mm-hmm. awesome, what was awesome was their um, uh, um, race version of that thing. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, remember they these? Did. Yeah, yeah. So they go. Cool. This this is going to be the Sylvia because you guys, if you guys uh, remember, uh, I think Taro, you would know this for sure. Oh, James too, because you guys were all uh, been to Peterson when they had the Japanese uh, car thing. But this car, I think this was at the Peterson. I remember that was at the Peterson. Yeah. Yes. Now this Sylvia was uh, uh, you know co-designed by a German, and this was actually a show car. And it was it was a very 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 limited quantities, and, and Sam, the, Sylvia, the Sylvia didn't come out. This was like 1964 or something like that. Sam, I actually uh, a good friend of mine, Myron, owns this car that was on display at the Pizza. This one, your this, this would be a great car to own because uh, you know Albert Gertz is the one who uh, helped design this thing, and uh, uh, how many? I, I think there wasn't that many produced, and but this was. Pro- this was shown at the Tokyo Motor Show in 1964. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, and then uh, it sold a little bit. And then 
and then the car just you know it, they sold it for till for i think two or three years so until 1968 and then the sylvia the official 200 sx the s10 did not appear until 1975 so this was kind of a one-off so yeah this was one of the sylvias that i would say yeah i would love to own uh, and then, you know, the Sylvia kind of uh, 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 evolved into the one like Mo owned and, you know, into this, this is the last one, the S15. And 15, yeah, uh, yeah I, I really love this car. Um, you know, strawberry front, nose. Yeah. And, you know, uh, front engine, rear drive. I mean, it's classic sports car proportions. And it is a, uh, uh, a really, really popular drift car, as we know now correct? unfortunately we didn't get the s15 here in the u.s no we, we did get the s13 i think right what was the last was it the s13 was s13 the last one? yeah 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 it was here, the last one the uh, that we mm -hmm. got yeah and but the s13 was a wonderful car too i love that car you know mm -hmm. so but anyways um uh so you know it was dead and the reason for uh, my uh sources like at best car uh are telling me that the uh let me see. I'm going to get this new Sylvia up over it. This car may become a reality is because um, uh, e-power. Now, if you, I don't know if you guys know what e-power is, but right now it's a, um, a hybrid. Uh, it, it's, it's a, uh, uh, we talked a, about this about the Skyline, right? Parallel e hybrid. Uh, no, no. Yeah. The, this one will be uh, the parallel hybrid. Right now it powers the E, uh, the Note, I think, and the Serena in Japan. Uh, mm -hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't power anything here. And what it does is it. Uh, it's an electric car, but it has a you know gasoline engine that just all it does is recharge the battery. Mm -hmm. So you know Audi used to have that. You know, uh, and uh, because they you know they have this, they can make an e-power engine because right now it's like 95 horsepower. You know, in the uh, the electric car and the Sylph. Uh, I think in the um, the the other two cars, the Note the e-note and the um uh, uh serena or the selfie but with this car if they match it up uh with a little bit of a hot, bigger engine they can make this thing into a kind of a uh, well a real hybrid uh that'll go 200 horsepower and mm. and with 200 horsepower that puts it in, in you know it's in a nice uh, um uh um a range uh, where it comes in below the three, uh, well, right now the three, 350Z, which, you know, could be the 400Z. We're not sure yet. So, oh, the 370Z, I'm sorry, 370Z, mm -hmm. which could become the four, four, uh, uh, 400Z if, you know, the rumors are to be believed. So mm -hmm. um, don't count the Sylvia out. Of course, these are still, you know, quite, quite a bit of, uh, of hearsay. Uh, not much, um, I'm trying to get back on the thing. Thank you. Oh, yeah, there's a better shot of the car. And, and are so they saying was, it's a rear-wheel drive as well? Yes, rear-wheel drive, everything. Rear-wheel drive, uh, you know, the, the gasoline engine, if there is going to be one, will be up in front. Um, uh, um, and it will be, you know, quote-unquote driftable. So it'll be an exciting car, and it'll be very, very, very environmentally friendly. So, and they, you know, people, uh, the, my friends at Best Car are saying, if we see this car, it's not going to be for it a few years but um if they go with the the uh, the uh, illustration that they have here you know uh it'll be sporty and it's uh it almost looks like a you know a mazda here but but mm -hmm. uh 
this is what they said they you know they came up with talking to uh their inside sources within the company and I like you know, that. I like and know and, and know that is not mo because he's not at nissan anymore but yeah so anyways <laughs> well, they, were talk they were talking about this car remember a, a while ago yeah well they you know they were talking about and it kind of got shelved it kind of yes. got shelved i think right? yes yeah, yeah. And, and the first time it got you know and the, the the original s13 was and even the s15 started getting a little high in price and you know mm -hmm. they the nissan was kind of struggling with its identity back then but you know once they get their um uh, um um act in order yeah you know this might be a car we will see because there's just so much uh uh, uh a following uh, you know for this car every yeah everyone yeah. loves this car i thought uh, james you love this car right? oh, yeah. no, like this for sure if yeah. i if i had the chance i'd want to get an s15 i mean that's definitely the one that i'd want to get uh they the, they, they did uh, market the s15 in uh england correct uh, yeah england and australia it was both sold in both countries uh so the the uh right hand drive countries Yes, exactly. I see. Okay. So anyways, that's my end. That was the big news. Oh, and then let's just tell our uh, viewers, you heard it here first, because I tell you, we <laughs> broke the Z story before anyone else than everyone thought it got on the Z stories months after we reported the Mazda uh, premium, right? Uh, sports coupe with a, a six cylinder sports coupe that's going to be coming up. We were on top of that. Was it two, three months before anyone else? Correct. So you heard this one here, okay? The Sylvia may make a comeback. So that's all for me. That's what I got. Hopefully, uh, cool. Um, uh, um, Good stuff. You guys have stuff, yeah, stuff a little more interesting than I do. But I thought this was really interesting. I I'd agree with you, Sam. It's incredibly interesting, and I enjoyed it. But I want to hear what Tara's got to say because I've got to help him out right now. Remember, right. Sam? A lot of, cool. No pressure on me at all right so, now. Yeah. So I have a couple of videos that I wanted to share with you guys. First Which video is from Stefan. Stefan Papadakis. Who? Oh, Papadakis. We will, yeah, Stefan Papadakis. We're going to have him actually as a guest on our show uh, in two weeks. Okay, so I'm really cool. looking forward to that. But he just dropped this on YouTube yesterday. It's a uh, stop motion video. I mean, with all the, all the time we have, uh, sitting at home, I mean, this guy went all out. I mean, look at this, even smoke coming out of the drift car. I mean, he, he actually did this himself. I, I, he did I'm not really, do this himself. It was a production I'm company. Really, dude, really? I'm serious. He, he, he probably did it all himself. We can, we can ask him about all of this. Oh, but, we got to ask him. If he did this yeah, himself, he's got, I, he is taking this quarantine business seriously. I, I bet, I bet he did it himself. I bet he did it himself with, with the, the effort that you can see that he puts into his YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure he did it himself. How, how many uh, how many views does this have, James? Can you see? It's coming up to twenty nine thousand, just shy of. Sam, Man, this should be twenty nine million. This thing is crazy. It's gonna it's gonna go more. It's this thing's gonna blow up. But, yeah, and um, everybody, uh, yeah. Everybody obviously, we've, we've got this, the lovely Stefan Papadakis there celebrating his drivers, Frederick Asbo in the Rockstar Energy Supra, and then also Ryan Turk in the Toyota Corolla. He's gonna be in right. They're running those two cars under the is racing in the Formula Drift, if it ever comes up in this season, correct? <laughs> yes, exactly. I think so, you know more than me. It sounds like and, you, and, you, got, you, got the, you, you got, you're dialed in on Papadakis. <laughs> well, I will say the important thing here, as you can see, I am a fan because I have oh, a button subscribed. is subscribed. Wow. Is subscribed, everybody. So everyone knows that I'm on the ball with Stefan. And yeah. for every other people, this video is here. For example, this sequence of videos that he did on the building of the 2020 Supra, incredible 
uh, my Nigel McKeon, who is not really into drift racing, uh, once I sent him the third first video in the series, he wanted to know every week when we get the update when the next one was coming through so he could watch them. You because mean Nigel? He, really? Yeah, he's killing it on YouTube. Like all the videos that he makes are, are really, really interesting. I mean, like, if you pull up yeah, his pro, let's pull up his videos here since I've got the technology. But <laughs> um, you can see all the numbers 257,000, 599,636, yeah. 2 million. I mean, 1.6 million. It's incredible. 1.3 million, 4.1 million views. He's doing brilliant. Incredible. Doing, and this is from great. a guy that, that just races uh, remote control cars in his spare time. <laughs> so check it out. Um, he's going to be on our channel too. So I'm really looking forward awesome. to that. Um, next video is a video that we just shot. Um, kind of, uh, it's a good, almost a good segue to the the. Mitsubishi stuff that we were talking about. Um, it is a video that we did with Justin, our contributor here at GT Channel. He went to top rank and drove a Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution 2. So, you know, the 2 is the car that really got Mitsubishi into rally. So... Um, well, it's finally legal, huh? It's, it's called years. finally legal. You, you like that? Yep. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, we went to uh, Top Rank again, our friends. With Sean, Sean Morrison, was our ghost, uh, exactly. our guest. Uh, <laughs> first, uh... Maybe he's ghosting us right now, but he, he was a great guest <laughs> as well. Guest, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we, um, uh, we we just put together this video um, with some some old archive footage wow. from you the Lancer Evo. Wow, you guys put some Evo. effort into this one. Looks good. Yeah, but hey, believe it or not, we this stuff obviously we got it from Mitsubishi Motor but um, Justin went by himself he went with literally one camera and one GoPro and shot this all by himself you know social distancing everybody so wow. this is a this is a video that we just shot and uh, I think um, all of our viewers would really really enjoy it um, and you know, let's you also know, did you see yeah. that at the bottom there Tara here subscribed of course hit and subscribe <laughs> yeah hit like and subscribe please just Take remember, care. just want to make sure this is not Samitani. I like to uh, hard. <laughs> make sure that you know that I follow this. Appealing to his hit, host. Hit the bell, is... too. Hit the bell. Yeah. I, I see you've, you. Have you hit the bell? I don't need to hit the bell, Taro. I've, uh, I've got the down, the down path. <laughs> All right. So this is rare, right? I mean, you don't really get to uh, see no, people driving the Evo 2, yeah, right? And so segment. if you're into JDM, this new segment that we have called Finally Legal is we're just going to be um, driving all these 25-year-old cars that are now finally legal in the U.S. Awesome. That's a great segment. It's a great idea. So, Cool. Great, great, um, great. The next video I would like to introduce is a video that we just dropped yesterday. With um, Mr. Fancy is, Glasses Yamoto. Is that the one? This is Fancy Glasses Yamoto. Not as yeah, fancy we, as mine. No, certainly not, not as, as fancy not as, as yours. I think he's going to be, have to not. change his name, Charles. He's going to have to be Fancy, fancy Glasses, glasses Yamoto. Sam but not quite as fancy as Sam, or Steven Segal, Mitani. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we had uh, Yamato-san um, interview Drift King, no other than the, the guy himself, the man himself, uh, Drift King. And the car that you see behind him is his personal AE86, his Hachiroku. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of our viewers would really enjoy this video as well. And uh, it was presented by our sponsors, Motogare from Japan. Did you um, guys was, uh, did you guys do the subtitling? Uh, we did it with uh, uh, the help of the Motogara guys. 
Oh, good. But you, you yes. guys did it, right? So we don't yes. see really bad English. No, 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 no. I, 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 okay. I did the final edit on okay. it, and, and uh, it's, it's not a, um, yeah, it's not one of those old, uh, you know. Yeah, where you're going. <laughs> Subtitle jobs. Okay. Yeah, but this is cool because this is a, this is the Drift King's actual personal, uh, you know, sprinter Chirino, right? Is mm -hmm. is Hachiroku. And he, he talks about what he's done to it, um, all the carbon parts that he's got on it, the suspension work that they've done. Um, it's at a shop called Tech Art in Japan, and they've been taking care of the Drift King's uh, personal uh, Hachi for forever, right? Okay. And um, yeah, he just walks around with it. And uh, um, they don't drive it? It doesn't after, drift? It? After this episode, um, Yamato's gonna gets to go drive it. Not, not in this episode, though. Well, I don't wanna see him drive it. I wanna see. He's gonna go for a little driving impression. No, it's just not gonna drive. He's not gonna drift it, you know, in, in the streets. This is just, this is just like the garage. Oh, this is just in the street. Oh, okay. You, yeah, you so don't, we're they just don't walking take it to around. A toll gate yeah. or anything. Huh? No, we don't. We don't. No. Oh, okay. Future episode, Sam. Future episode. Especially if uh, you show up in those orange sunglasses, how can they say no to Steven Seagal, right? I, I will. Well, <laughs> I, I know it's just um, uh, we've done a couple of things together, so yeah. Look how clean this car is, man. This car is like, you know, he would not make fun like of my glasses. 30, 30, 38 years old. No, it is. I love the Sam. Way. I'm not making fun of your glasses either. I think it's only Tara that's making fun of your glasses. <laughs> well, we're, we're just pointing out the truth. That's all we're doing. But that's it for me. That's it for okay. me. Everybody, check Very it out, cool. please. Subscribe and like and do all. But uh, I think uh, all of our viewers will really uh, enjoy this video. Yeah, uh, cool, and, cool. and just going through. To see that these are the home, and this is what you need to be clicking that subscribe button, right? Smashing that's the subscribe it. button. That's Smash. what they say. That's what they say. All right. All right, James, what do you got? Well, I've got a couple of car reviews this week, so when All I can right. pull my photos up and get them up and running. Uh, the first one that I've got is the four, uh, two Kias this week, is what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, the first one, hopefully it works. Could be, hopefully you can see my car now. Hopefully you can see the Kia. Yeah, we yeah. see it. Perfect. Well, that's what we like to see. So it's the Kia Forte GT. Um, comes in, this one that I had was testing, just comes in at uh, $26,500. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but what is the, the benefit of this is the Kia Forte GT, 1.6 liter turbocharged engine, comes at around about 200 horsepower. And wow. it's, it's, it's a sporty little uh, four-door, like it's smaller than a, a large family size car, but still it's a four-door for $26,000, a turbo 1.6 liter engine. Um, I, I don't mind the looks. I think it looks good. I think it's like a little mini version of the I Kia do. Stinger. Mm -hmm. um, it does have every mod con you can conceivably think of in this package that I drove. It's very sporty. But uh, it retails, actually starts, if you just want to get the Kia Forte GT at 22, just over $22,000. Wow. So the with the packages that I had on it, took it up to 25 and then you've got the delivery charge. So oh, reasonable. That though. is really, really reasonable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's they didn't have the like. For example, I would say some of the things that fell to the side of it was when you put it in sports mode, the gearbox is revving a little bit too much for me, and there's a little bit more road noise from some of the more expensive cars. But you're looking at cars that are going to be coming in the thirty thousand dollar plus range in that. So when you're coming in at well under twenty percent of that price range, I mean, it's a good little car to look at. It's nice on the inside. Um, it drives well. I, this is the photographs of the manual I was given an automatic for my time with the car. Mm -hmm. But one thing I did really like was the, the steering wheel, how it's obviously flat bottomed out, so it makes it sporty. And yeah. the GT logo and the GT lines on it was always where I liked in the turbo lines, so this little nomenclature. 
Yeah, how does it handle? How does it handle? Um, obviously, with uh, our current status, which is where you must be only driving when needed to an assistance. So my trips to, for example, the supermarket and so forth, it handled very nice around town. Uh, like I said, 200 horsepower. I think it's about it, it comes in around as well. I think uh, what's what, about 200 pounds of pound feet of torque as well. So it's not too bad. It does exactly what it needs to do, and that's what I like about it. So I mean. While there's other cars out there, I think of this one for a price point, if you wanted a family car with a little bit of sport on a budget, brand new with the warranty, every conceivable safety feature that you want, this is the car, is really take a strong look at this car. I thought it was good value at 26, just under $26,000. Yeah, well, can't beat the price, really can. Yeah. Nice. So, awesome. Uh, so th thumbs up, thumbs up from James? Yeah, it definitely gets a thumbs up from me. I mean, I, I liked it. I thought it was uh, I thought it was sporty enough. I really liked the GT inlays on the side. I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, and the fact that it was a comfortable car. If, for example, you wanted to get a sporty commuting car to go back and forth to work every day and be safe in, this is a great one to look at. Certainly recommend it's, it. Yeah, it's a very attractive car too. So, Yeah, and nice. then the other car that I had the chance to go at was the Kia Nero EV is the one that I had. Okay, so it's let kind me of pull the Kia corner here. today, huh? It is. I thought I had two in a row, so I thought I'd just sort of push them all out. Yeah, why not? So the Kia obviously has three different cars. They've got the the EV that I had the pleasure of driving. They've got the hybrid as well and the petrol. But um, so the Nero EV that I had has a range of about 240 miles and a full charge. Um, nice. It looks a little small. It's like a crossover, obviously. Fits four adults in very easily. Um spent a lot of time driving around up and down highways and on the streets and so forth. It is as close as you could get to like a regular car. I mean, 240 miles seems a uh, more than adequate range for what you need to do for most of your daily driving. Um, plug it in at home. If you've got the 240 charger, uh, I think it does it in like six or seven hours. Uh, my house unfortunately only has the 110 standard bolt charger. So it's a little longer than that. But all the driving we did, even when going to and from, just plug it in next day, fully charged. Um, there was so I liked it. The only thing that's a downside in this car that I felt that was something I had to get used to was the regenerative braking. So when you take your foot off the accelerator, the braking already kicks in to yeah. regenerate that power and push it back in for the battery. So I think that's just something that you're going to have. It's one of the things that you get used to driving an electric car. But when you do it the first time, you always find it's a little bit strange. Was it a, was it kind of a, does it rock or was it like kind of, kind of pull you, pull you forward when the, I mean, does it stop that much? Uh, you can, slow down that so, much? Is it kind of, is it, yeah, is it rough or is it? Well, you have the option, which is good. So you can change the different modes in the car as well. So you can have an eco mode, which puts you on like the most. Oh, no, no, I'm talking braking. about the regen braking. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. When, okay, okay. so when you put the region, you know, it doesn't like bring you to a dead stop kind of oh, thing. Oh, I know that. You, yeah, could just, yeah. you could just feel it like it's just obviously an unnatural sensation from coming. Yeah, okay. You're in control of the brakes generally if you drive a gas car. But in this, it takes the, it just starts the braking for you. And then you put your foot in the brake, of course. Um, I've obviously experienced it driving other uh, cars, for example, like the BMW i3 does it as well. And I think that this is going to be the method going forward with most other EV cars is, a way to help and get that extra power. Mm. Um, but also it's a very zippy car. I mean, on the highway, absolutely fine. Keeping up with traffic, not a problem. Um, this front section here is obviously where you plug in the charger. We'll get some pictures of it later on. 
but it was it was a lovely little car. Um, I couldn't fault it. The blue styling around the eco kind of styling, I really like. I like this blue lip function um, because it shows it's like that's its EV, so being blue. So that was great. Cool. And the idea, right. so this is where you see it charges in. Um, well, no, so this is where we get to the only downside that I found with this car is if we go on the interior. So in the interior, obviously, there's a lot of glass. But the problem that we had was when driving, the sun would catch this center console here in the middle. And all the parts that weren't black would provide an ex exceptional reflection that would bounce mm. up inside the cabin. So if this was all blacked out, it would be so much better on that plastic. Yeah. I know it's what there. Co what this color is that? I can't Silver. See, you can't see. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me. Uh, so it's like a mirror inside your Yeah, so it just sort of flicks up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like bouncing right into your, your vision. Eyes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it just, you yeah. know, where it hits, like, Sam might not have his problem with those particular sunglasses. With the orange exactly. sunglasses. But with my sunglasses. That's why I wear these guys. That's it's just wearing. underneath is where I was getting in there. But other than that, I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was a great car. That was the only thing. I, and I'm, obviously, I'm really splitting hairs when you come and talk to it and whatnot. But yeah, another yeah. great car, and I think, the, the way that we're having electric cars now, I mean, this was coming in, I think, that I'm looking here at, at 47,000 fully loaded. Whoa. It's got, again, but again, Sam, every conceivable safety function you can imagine. Um, your fuel costs go out the window. I mean, I think the fuel costs... Are, no, it's uh, an EV, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you're only paying for the electricity. There's zero maintenance on the car as well, because it's an EV, basically. I mean, all you're doing is changing tires and fluids. Um, and the fluids being like your washer fluid. I mean, what else are you going to be doing on the car? Yeah, there's no uh, brake pads no. and whatnot. The brake pads yeah. last longer because of the regenerative braking. Yeah. So the, the the yearly ownership of a car after the sticker shock, it's not that bad at all. Um, I would perhaps, because I've got an affinity for sportier tires, have put much more uh, sportier, I will say, aggressive tires on it than what came on as standard. But that's my choice. I think it's a great car. And a great option for someone that doesn't want to go to petrol stations, take the hazard out of that, and then just go out and where you can do a long drive. I mean, yeah. 240 miles in a day and then plug in. It's a pretty long drive. You can is do it that. EV quick? You know, I mean, yes. there's torque right there. Boom. Are you yep. zero Straight to 60? And do you, do you know the zero to 60 on this? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was quick enough where uh, it, I, the wife had to tell me to slow down when I put my foot in the floor, Sam. Okay. So that's the one I go. But the butt dyno told me that it, it was quick, especially, I think, uh, Really, I think the benefit of it is when it gets like 30 to like 70, that's its sweet spot. Um, if you go starts up, you get tire squeal at the front with the, the more eco-friendly tires, but 30 to 60 when you're rolling, it's it's pretty quick. It's as quick as anything you need in, in around town at least. Okay, so. Interesting. Well, it sounds like a thumbs up except for the little center. center yeah, center yeah. Console, but so. I mean, I like it. It's got a lot of room in there for suitcase and everything else you need. But so, yeah, so I give it, I mean, I give it thumbs up for the price point and everything else because it's an EV car. I like it. Um, did uh, anything else? Do we, did you want to talk about Sebastian Vettel? Well, that's the only thing. Last thing. I mean, Sam, where's, he, where's Sebastian going to go? I don't know. He's left uh, Ferrari. So I thought maybe he'd go just go, you know, quietly into sports car racing. I know it doesn't make as much money, but, you know, I mean, he'd, he'd be, he'd be running Le Mans, you know, I don't know. You tell me. I mean, I think he might end up at Renault just because there's no one left at Renault. Mm. Um, they've got an open seat. And obviously, as we know, Formula One's going to pay more money than other ones. But there's always the exactly. option. If he, if he wanted to create a legacy, he could go to Formula E. I mean, he'd probably dominate mm. there. He would there's dominate where if he wants to the right win. Team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he could dominate in that. 
And that's probably a little bit more exposure than Le Mans at this time where they don't really have, uh, there's no real companies that are really focusing in on that at this point in time where it's a really good racing season. So maybe he could be with, still stay with the manufacturer at Formula E. Those cars are only going to get it faster. The tracks are only going to get more exciting because the city tracks and whatnot. So maybe that's an option for James, him. How, how, uh, how, how uh, competitive is uh, the Formula One Renault team these days? I can't. Well, last season, they were not, is... not as competitive as they would like to be, which is why I think Daniel Ricciardo's made the move to McLaren. Okay. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. so, so Vettel could be a back marker. Uh, yes. So if well, he was to go to Renault, he probably wouldn't be on the front row of the grid that often. Let's say it, that. Yeah. He'd, yeah. he'd probably have to take a bit of a pay cut too, but still big money, but yeah. yeah. So we don't know. So, uh, but you, you think for you would, if you were his agent, you would say, Hey, you might want to take a look at Formula E. I mean, look, they've got Porsches there, Audi's there, Nissan's there. Nissan, yeah. There's lots of manufacturers that are in Formula E. It's a lot cheaper yeah. than Formula One. Uh, it could be the uh, future of racing. There. I mean, we're not. I think you and that's I, what they're trying to do, though, right? That's what they're. That's what they're aiming for. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna. Uh, the, all the cars that are gonna be coming forward are gonna be making are all gonna be formula. Uh, are gonna be electric vehicles. I mean, how more? How much more can you get out of a, a B8 at this point in time when you've got the electric cars going faster than them? So, I mean, it only it makes sense. He could be if he made the switch. He could be on the cusp of something big, and that could ride his legacy for a couple of year wins at uh, formula e yeah james have they announced when uh, formula one will start again i think july is when they're still looking at the time frame at this point in time but that still might be pushed back again uh they've they've done it a number of times in regards to seasons as when it might start but uh it's around july maybe august and yeah, there was, redoing there was... the season like in reverse kind of thing right i mean i i saw nascar I mean, that's how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, racing. I mean, on TV, you roll. You know, I mean, unlike basketball and you know uh, the regular mainstream sports, but the racing, I don't really miss not you know not seeing the crowd there as much. You know, so the Formula oh, One races. Yeah, you, you can't hear the crowd see, anyway. Yeah, and you right? never see the yeah you never see the crowds anyways. I guess you know it, it's the perfect social distancing sport, except for the fact that you got to get everyone there. Yeah, and you've got to have everyone working on the car in the exactly, garage and whatnot. Exactly, right, right. yeah. yeah. There's I mean, the, the car the, and the racer. Yeah, so. the pit crew were definitely not, I mean, social distancing. Them. Yeah. I mean, they were trying to do it a little bit, but they still yeah. have to work. You know, I mean, the car is only one size, so they still have to get pretty close yeah, to each other. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's... Well, hopefully we'll be out of this uh, whole mess. So, anyways, um, I'm. Uh, that's about it for me. Anything else to add? Uh, let's go with James. Uh, no, looking forward to next time with Stefan Papadakis. Obviously, That'd he's be already fun. been. A, he's been a guest on the No Breaking podcast. So, if anyone wants to know a little bit more about Stefan ahead of him coming on the show next week, uh, next time, please download the episode over the No Breaking. He's on there. You can find that one. A great guest and a great talker. And obviously, from the video we've seen today incredible at everything he seems to touch oh, what a creative that thing he's he, he has a he has a um uh, uh future at pixar he does so. he's got like a minus touch <laughs> yeah. um, also yes. i'll be next um, car review will be a toyota a small hatchback will be discussed next time but that's well, what's brilliant for me my, my next um one will be uh, the same to us uh, from toyota also but on the other end i have a uh a sequoia trd which I'm going to be taking off-road uh, probably this weekend. So yeah, you could probably be the taking hatchback. my own photos, though. 
that my it's, hatchback it's will probably fit inside the back exactly, of that sequoia. Yeah, so. uh, Taro, how about you? Anything, any parting remarks? Um, yeah, so finally legal. The next video we're doing is, believe it or not, a Mitsubishi Delica. So we have that. What, uh, what are you doing with a Delica? It's a family mom wagon. Is it a delicate manner? Is that what's going to happen with the Delica? It's the, it's it's be delicate? The, uh, no, the Delica is, a, is an awesome JDM uh, surf wagon. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I guess you could be. Hashtag van life. You know, I mean, come on. Okay. Come on, Sam. All right, all right, all right. All right. I all mean, right. it's four-wheel. Uh, you know, I mean, it's that's it's a, it's a great JDM van. So we're, we're going to do that. You know, we had fun doing that. Wait, um, is it is it legal now? Uh, is it yes, yes, it is. Legal. It, is. Yep. it is. We have one. We, we had one and we drove one. From top um, rank? Just, yep. So Justin just drove it, and it's being edited. Uh, we're releasing it next week, so we're awesome, really awesome. excited about that one. Um, what else are we doing? Yeah, that's that's about it. We have a new uh, video with uh, Gary uh, um, coming out. He's going to be reviewing some uh, rotary engine videos. Okay, um, those I love those bosses. Are, I love rotary. Those are what's uh, oh, coming up in our world guys, on GD Did you guys Channel. hear? Did you guys hear that uh, the uh, the main sponsor of the seven eight seven B that we renowned L uh, went bankrupt oh yeah they went out of business yeah, they i went know out of business so but they hey you like... know i i i think you know the, the company might be gone but that logo on that car will remain forever yeah i mean that's First an japanese iconic the... iconic japanese apparel company you know yeah I mean... and they're gone so so anyways uh that's that's that was my uh ending piece so I think that's way to it. bring it down, Sam. I know, sorry, but hey, remember the seven eight seven B is still a you know it's a it's a forever car. It's a car. Uh, to me, I still feel like it's the only legitimate Japanese twenty four hour uh, Le Mans champion because yeah, you know when we, Toyota we touched won it, on like, that. Yeah, yeah, we touched yeah, on, we that touched last, on that last, last time. Episode. Okay, hey, so anyways, uh, Sam, you're yeah. not going to mention the uh, ex is uh, that. Uh, Help Carlos Ghosn escape. Those guys oh, were sorry. arrested. Yeah, too, okay. Right? Yeah, Carl, uh, Tara, I think you know you know a lot about it. So why don't you uh, uh, why don't you fill us well, in? They, well, we just heard just uh, yesterday. Yeah, the, uh, the ex uh, Green Beret guys that uh, helped Carlos escape oh, the, what, from yeah, Japan. Yeah, uh, the one ex Green Beret, I think, and his son. So him and, him and his son. Yeah, yeah, they were. So they were. Um, you know, they were the masterminds. They were fugitives. They were actually running from Interpol, from the first, from the Japanese authorities, and um, they got they arrested were, in the U.S. They got arrested in the U.S. They, yeah. they were they were caught, and I think you think they'll be um, sent uh, to Japan for a trial, or uh, how does that even happen? Well, number I mean, one, they're American citizens. Well, what? They're they Americans. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, no. But I, I think they could. Yeah, I mean, if. If if uh, Trump wants to keep the relations, you know, nice and good with um, Japan, yeah, he will because you know, like Mexico gave us El Chapo, right? Right. You know, right. So you know, I mean, so if where there's extradition, yeah, those guys are in those guys are not in good shape. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, but and if like if it was Obama who was a, a president, if it was a regular normal president, if we had one, you know, I mean, it, I think those guys would be sent over. Uh, to Japan, just be, uh, be just because of the political uh, landscape, uh, you know, keeping the, the the relationship good. But with Trump, uh, who, who's he's the not same? really a relationship guy. I don't know what. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really don't know. And he, you know, he loves army. You know, those 
army guys unless he fires them from his cabinet. But, you know, so is the Green Berets. I like that you're the controversial one here, Sam. I'm just saying nothing. I'm letting you talk yourself into this <laughs> no, one. No, 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 no. But, you know, you remember how, uh, how, how Trump uh, 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 dealt with the Navy situation. The, Sam, I know nothing. Okay, I'm the, not a citizen you know, the, here, the, man. The I don't get okay, a vote. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I vote. But, okay, but anyways, a lot of people were, like, asking when I, you know, when I saw that report, Carl, was, wonder how much those guys got paid. They probably got paid it. a lot of money, though. We're, we're talking millions, you know, because yeah. they were estimating the whole thing probably would have cost Carlos $14 million about. Yeah, And yeah. a good chunk of that probably went into those, you know. But it guys. looks like the the guy, you know, the, the Green Beret guy that caught is known for doing, like, yeah, yeah. Well, these jobs that other people don't right. want to do, well, he's, right? Uh, well, that's, he yeah, had a that's kind of a reputation. That's what, that's what I thought, you know. I mean, when I first met James, I go, oh, maybe he's this kind of character, but. It's absolutely true, but that's why you don't know any more than me, Sam. But that's, that's right. why that's right. the reason why I don't take those jobs is because I don't have sunglasses like Steven Seagal. <laughs> no, those sunglasses are for Hollywood. They're not the real thing. We're just, we're just saying. losers here, James. Just yeah. saying, Sam. Okay, so anyways, that's it for pod, uh, pod speed number 18, I think it was. 18? Uh, 19. 19. 19, I'm sorry. 19. Yeah. He can't oh, see without those glasses on, Tara. That's why. I know, I can't see. Know, I can't see. The, the, so, yeah, yeah. The last part my, of the podcast, he's been squinting the whole time. The one, so. yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, sorry we were a little late, and we did not have a visual with uh, our man, Mo. But uh, Maybe it was better, though, with him being in his towel, Sam. You've got to remember that. Pros yeah, well, and cons here. That's Pros true. and cons. Really know, but, yeah, so. Anyways, we'll make it work uh, next time. And our next one is uh, June, was it 7th, was it? 4th. June 4th. Sorry. Two, yeah. Two Thursdays. I'm so glad that. to have you guys with me. So yeah, two weeks from now, uh, same times and with our guest, Stephen, Stephen Papadakis. Stephen or Stephen? Stephen. Stephen Papadakis. And until then, pod speed to all you guys and we Stay will healthy. see you later. See you next time, guys. And stay safe. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.